Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to VMB, the voice of Manhattan business, brought to you by the Manhattan Chamber of Commerce. I'm your host, Bruce Hurwitz. You can find me on the web at hsstaffing.com. I hope everyone will be able to join me at noon next Wednesday when my guest will be Thorsten Schmidt from Schmidt LLC Attorneys at Law. To learn about all future shows, please visit our website, thevoiceofmanhattanbusiness.com. And please remember to visit the events page on the Chamber's website, manhattancc.org, to learn about upcoming events on the Chamber's calendar. I am delighted to be joined today by Marilyn Dolan from Integrated Printing and Graphics. We will be discussing the haptic brain and the science of touch. Please remember the opinions expressed on this program are solely those of the participants and do not necessarily represent the views or positions of the Manhattan Chamber of Commerce. If you have any questions, feel free to call in. The number is 805-243-1301 and dial 1 so I know you have a question. Marilyn, welcome to the show. Thank you, Bruce. Thank you so much for having me on again. It's a real pleasure and it's a, a wonderful benefit for the um, members of the chamber to have this. This is just great. Thank you a bunch. Well, thank you. Now, as always, tell us about yourself and your company. Sure. So my company, is Integrated Printing and Graphics, is an upscale outsourcing firm. We help companies with their marketing collateral. We collaborate with clients, helping them create beautiful and noteworthy uh, marketing pieces. Um, over the years, now people do not have the staff to do that, to do the research of the paper, what new uh, printing techniques there are, what the postal regulations do. We take care of that. Um, back in 1999 is when I started the company, 18 years ago, um, and I started in the printing industry selling direct mail to uh, large institutions. So it would be envelopes. Uh, it would be business forms and the like. And I did that for a long time, and I loved to sell, but it didn't fill the creativity in me. So I then went to high-end printing, and I learned how to print fashion and cosmetics and all that wonderful touchy-feely stuff that we enjoy. So in 99, when I wanted to go off on my own, I called the company Integrated Printing and Graphics. A little boring name, but it does say, it said then and it still says now, I was integrating the two types of print. And, um, and then, you know, in 99, like most entrepreneurs, you decide that you want to do things differently, you want to have some control. I, uh, I wanted control over who my vendors were, what type of quality, and um, what type of business I thought would be a good fit for me. So here we are. In this 18 years later, and I'm still doing it and still loving it. 
You know, I chuckled when you said uh, postal regs because there are two things I always advise people to outsource. They don't want to do it themselves. One mm-hmm. is payroll. Right. The other is mailings, especially bulk mailings, nonprofit. I worked for a nonprofit for nonprofits for many years, and the postal regs were unbelievable. And mm-hmm. you know, we would send out. I remember once we sent out a newspaper. We had a community newspaper. We sent it out every month. We had done it for years, and mm-hmm. all of a sudden we get a, a call from the post office that they're not going to send it out. Why? Because there was an ad in it. It was either an insurance company or a travel agency. And you can't send out a newspaper, mm-hmm. bulk rate, nonprofit, if it has that type of an ad in it. We've Ooh. been doing it for years. And so, someone noticed um, it, yeah. Somebody finally noticed it. So yeah. Yeah. we... Um, well, I say, you know, and I postal have... Postal rakes. Yeah. Stephen Covey said um, many years ago, begin with the end in mind. And this is when I get a project, who are we mailing it? Who is getting it? So we work backwards, which uh, saves us a lot of problems in the long run. Absolutely. Now, our topic is the haptic brain and the science of touch. So my first question, which is a two-parter, is obvious. What is the haptic? brain, and what do you mean by the science of touch? Okay, haptics, the definition of haptics is any form of interaction involving touch. Haptics is the science of touch. We have two types of nerves. We have motor and we have sensory. And we know motor. Motor is movement, picking something off the floor, exercise. The sensory part of our brain, which remarkably is 70% of our brain, is about feel, and that is the haptic brain. So we know instinctively when we touch something, we react differently than when we look at something on a screen. Um, And and it's a wonderful reaction, and hopefully it's a wonderful reaction. And scientifically, we, we know this now because um, Baylor University has done a major study, and 24% of what we touch and feel, we, re- we remember more than just seeing it on a screen. So if you're talking about marketing, that's a big deal. Um, sappy papers. One, one of the ways that I learn about uh, what's new in the industry is uh, going to the big uh, printing shows, and I went to printing show last year in Chicago, and um, Sappy Papers, which is one of the fabulous paper companies worldwide, did a study with Baylor um, about the haptic brain. And Dr. David Eagleman, who wrote the study, uh, wrote, uh, had a book, printed a book, it's beautiful, a Communications Guide to the Neuroscience of Touch. And neuroscience is pretty hot these days. Um, you know, scientists can now see what part of our brains get a- activated and stimulated when we pick up something that we like. For instance, I just bought an iPad, a new iPad, from obviously from Apple. And when you open the packaging, it's so incredible. And it, I, everybody thinks, wow, this is really a smart company. This is a very cool company because everything they do works together. So when I touch this beautiful packaging, 
um, it it reflects in my brain. Um, years ago, um, many years ago, I got a little blue box from Tiffany. And those of us that have received them, uh, you probably haven't received it, Bruce. But you no, I'm laughing. <laughs> I, I, I will tell you why I'm laughing. I used to be the director of development for a nonprofit in the Bronx, and every mm-hmm. year we would have a gala either at um, the, the Plaza or the Waldorf, and mm-hmm. we would give the honorees a gift from Tiffany, and it would be a um, what do you call it? a pewter bowl engraved. The engraving mm-hmm. cost more than the bowl. So I gave the, we gave the gift, and the honoree didn't take the box. He picked wow. up the, the bowl, but he left the box. So I took the box, and I said to a colleague, you know, I'm going to keep this, because mm-hmm. you women always react like Pavlov's dogs to the blue of the Tiffany package. So when I have a girlfriend, I'll go out, buy something, put it in the blue box. Bruce, that's the she worst. goes, tells the honoree's wife what I said, and all of a sudden she comes over with a big smile on her face and says, uh-uh, I want the box back. So that's yeah, why I was I don't was blame laughing. her. Yeah, because she wants yeah, to, right. you know, we women stand together. You know, I so should have kept know. my big mouth shut, but right, I right, interrupted right. you. I apologize. No, that's okay. But, you know, it is that little blue box. It's, uh, it's uh, And, you know, it's just so memorable worldwide. You know, it's just oh, yeah. Great. Yeah, I mean, it's, they're brilliant. So we try and do that at my company. We try and every uh, printed piece that we mail, and we do it regularly, um, are our attempts to stimulate the haptic brain. We have our holiday card that we just sent out. It's, it's memorable. One of my clients, I said to him the other day, remember that mailing we did a couple of years ago? Is it one of my mailings? He said, are you kidding? I save every one of your mailings. I have a file for your mailings. So that actually is our niche, so that when you get something from IPG, you know it's our brand. And actually, somebody said about my holiday card, it looks just like you. I don't know if that's a compliment (laughs) or not. But um, anyway, that's, um, uh, that's, you know, what we do to vis-a-vis haptic brain, and it seems to work for us. One thing you said that surprised me, and if you don't know the answer, that's fine, because I know this is coming out of left field. If I heard you correctly, you said 70% of the brain is dealing with touch? Yes. Okay. Now, I always understood that our most powerful sense is a sense of smell. That's what we remember most. So, well, I, what I have I read in this, that, that is not yeah. so. Uh, really? It is, the, yeah, because from the very beginning, from when you're born and the touch of your mother, touch is something that we keep, uh, that we never lose unless there's a physical ailment. But touch is supposedly, what I've read, the uh, the most important of all the senses. You know, this is funny. You know, I'm going to wait because we're going to get to this in a in a minute or two. I'll come back to what I wanted to say. In the meantime, uh, is there a difference between touch and feel? I think so, yeah. I think uh, uh, touch is physical, 
and when we touch something and we experience through our nerve endings and we get a feeling. And, you know, the nerve endings in our skin, and skin is our largest organ. So and so we touch something, the reaction is we then feel something. And feel is emotion, touch is physical. So I think that, that's I, the difference. I don't see them as the same. Okay. I read religiously every month Fast Company and Ink mm-hmm. magazines. Sure. Great. They're great sister publications. publications. Yeah. Phenomenal. And coincidentally, an hour ago, I just got this month's issue of Fast Company. Me too. Now, Fast Company... There you go. Mm -hmm. Now, if you can, therefore, if you have it in front of you, you can help me. The cover of ink is glossy. It just feels glossy. It doesn't feel special. It's just a Mm -hmm. nice feel. The cover of Fast Company, it Mm -hmm. has... The only way I can describe it is like really bad sandpaper, really fine. It it just it, right. it's not smooth. It's a, it's a fairly new treatment, and we just did it actually for a, a client. Uh, we were doing a custom binder for uh, uh, for uh, the, for Phoenix, uh, uh, the airport in Phoenix, and we used this treatment, this um, coating, and it's called sand. And that's what this oh, is on the fast that's cover. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, okay. yeah. So it is a. And see, I don't if like you it. notice on the other side, there is no um, uh, on the other on the inside cover. On it's the smooth. The inside cover is nice and smooth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The inside but, cover is how Ink Magazine feels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this and, is something, and I'm with you. I mean, I know people. Uh, one of my clients. There's another treatment called uh, Soft Touch. It's been around. You've seen. It feels velvety, and. Um, the we were doing a magazine for them, and the director of marketing came in, new director of marketing, and said, I hate that. I mean, here it feels like velvet. She hated it. It made her feel creepy. Well, so it's it's really different strokes. You know, you, you can't please every, everybody. Now, just true. so that the nice people at Fast Company don't get upset, it's a great magazine. I've been reading it. Uh, it's got to be over 10 years now, cover to cover. I just don't like holding it. Yeah, that's funny. Well, but, you should tell anyways. them. This it, it is a great magazine. I'm just looking I, at the cover here. I just and there are all these people, uh-huh. I, all these people. I I want to read uh, um, inspiring business lessons to navigate the year ahead. We can all use that. I'm looking at the cover, and it's this month is find you. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's what you're talking about. Find your purpose. 175 inspiring lessons. You are correct. Mm-hmm. Now. My question, which goes back to what we were discussing before, you know, our listeners know, I'm an executive recruiter and career counselor. So I want to begin with an analogy. Someone comes to me, a candidate for an employer or a career counseling client, the first thing we do is we shake hands. Mm-hmm. Now, apropos what we were saying before about smell. If they come in and they rake of perfume or cologne or aftershave, this is going to be a really short interview because I'm going to mm-hmm. give them the five minutes bums rush because I cannot stand being in the – I literally cannot stand being with them for more than a few minutes. I'm with you. Yeah. But if they come over to me and we shake hands and they give me a limp handshake, what I – call a dead fish handshake 
it's a turnoff, but I'm still going to mm-hmm. interview them. And I might say, you know, when you get the, uh, if you get the interview, make sure it's a firm handshake. Mm-hmm. Now, if it's a firm handshake, then I immediately, I can't say I like the person, but I don't have anything against them. If it's a limp mm-hmm. handshake, I have something against them. Now, for a woman, it's different. When a woman comes over to me and gives me the dead fish handshake, I kind of in my DNA expect it, and I've asked men this, and they say, yeah, when you shake hands with a woman, you expect a limp handshake. When you get a firm handshake from a woman, you like it, you're kind of surprised, and it's, you're saying, hey, she's got confidence. It's a, more of a positive than it is with a man, because with a man, you expect it. If you are mm-hmm, a man, mm-hmm. right. now is it there? Is gender also a factor when it comes to touching material, collaterals, marketing collaterals? When you're touching paper, is there a difference in the reaction that a man would have to that of a woman? Oh, I, I really, I have no idea. I th- I have clients that. Um, they that are men that just want to see the new treatments that love it. I I don't have an answer to that. I um, I think that if someone sees something beautiful, I think the a man when he sees the the apple packaging, he would probably love it as much as I do. I don't know. Now I, nobody ever asked me that before. But I want to get back to the handshakes. Yeah, please. They didn't. The women that have the weak handshake did not grow up in my family. My. Parents, <laughs> We had to practice at an early age. I'm talking early. We had to practice shaking hands. How do you do? Nice to meet you. Making sure that our handshake was not too firm, but just right. So, uh, so they uh, people need a firm handshake. For me, it's as though I meet you at a networking event, Bruce, and you say, "Hi, I'm Bruce Herwitz." That's so. That's a weak handshake to me. The same type of yeah. thing, that it shows that you you're not comfortable. You don't have you don't have self confidence. So the yep. I, the handshake is really important, man or woman. And it's your first tactile and possibly your only tactile connection to the person. You're not going to be hugging them. So the only time you come into physical contact. <laughs> I mean, there are huggers. There are people who are shoulder patters, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I want, we had a colleague who did not like to be touched. And right. it was made clear to us, don't touch her. You know, shake hands, yes, but she does not like to be touched. And we don't, you know, it's just her thing. We have no idea why. I was very friendly with her. And I was walking behind her, and she started to take a few steps back and I reacted just as you know I would have reacted, and everybody else hearing this. I just put up my hand to mm-hmm. touch her back um, so she wouldn't um, uh, walk into me and I wouldn't walk into her. And she jumped six feet. She cringed. Oh, thing. And yeah. don't know why, don't want to guess why. Um, I immediately apologized. I said I didn't want you to, um, I didn't want to bump into you. And she goes, no, I understand that it's okay. But her face, she was pale, and it was something. But 
the handshake you got to do. You, you just have in to any do it. Yeah. yeah. And your parents raised you correctly. They did. We all. They also taught us how to waltz. They thought it was important that we knew how to dance. That's to that's waltz. just an aside, but I think okay. it's hilarious well, going back know. that Next. far. Yeah. Next time you're in Vienna, I'm sure it'll pay off. Yes. (laughs) Now, just a reminder, you're listening to the Voice of Manhattan Business. My guest today is Marilyn Dolan from Integrated Printing and Graphics. We are discussing the haptic brain and the science of touch. If you have any questions, feel free to call in. The number is 805-243-1301 and dial 1 so I know you have a question. Please remember the opinions expressed on this program are solely those of the participants and do not necessarily represent the views or positions of the Manhattan Chamber of Commerce. Marilyn, let's take two examples. What's the difference between a business card printed on onion paper and one printed on cardboard? And let's assume that the size and content are identical in every other aspect except for the weight of the paper. Mhm. Uh, it, I think the weight of the paper is super important, unless the onion skin is part of their brand or something like that. What I wouldn't go, through, I wouldn't agree with. But uh, another study that was done at Baylor about quality—that uh, quality really counts. So there was a, a study that was done. There were three groups. They each had the same brochure, uh, but one was on a high gloss, very beautiful paper. One was on an inexpensive, uncoated, and one was online. It was the same brochure. And they read it, and they went back to the subjects a week later. The the brochure that was on the high-end paper was remembered uh, three to one more than the other two. So quality does matter. So I don't know about business cards. I know my business card is really beautiful. And everybody that I give it to comments on it. So, but I'm in the printing business, so that that that's my calling card. But I certainly well, yeah. think, especially these days, when you can buy inexpensive cards online to go to Vistaprint or Moo or something, there is no excuse to have um, a uh, not a great looking business card with some heft. I think it's really it's- important. It's my one thing that absolutely infuriates me. And you know, I we're both on the board. I do the podcasts. I'm also mm-hmm. what we call an ambassador. I get business cards from members all the time. They say they want to be on the podcast. I'll send them, uh, or I'll try to send them the application. Mm-hmm. And I go and look at their business card. And the font for the uh, contact information is like 5.5 or 6 points, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I can't read it. And I've got to do right. a balancing act between the glasses on to read what's on the card and the glasses mm-hmm. or the glasses off to read what's on the card and the glasses on to be able to type the address. Mm-hmm. So there's got to be a balance between aesthetics because it looks pretty. I'm not saying it doesn't. But you got to be able to see it. You have to be able to read it. Right. No, you're right. I'm going through this now with a client, and uh, it's a rebrand. And some of some of the names are very long. 
you know, we live in an international city, and so, some of the names are long. And I, this just happened this morning, actually. We did a, we did proofs, and the type is too small. And the, what they gave us is, you know, uh, uh, we gave them what they gave us, and we have to do a whole new uh, design now uh, because uh, because of this. It, and also, for business cards, people have so much on their business cards now. So it's it's an ongoing issue. I know what you're talking about, and certainly if it, if there's not a lot of um, uh, content on the card, then the type should be bigger. But we set up templates, and there are six lines of type on a little business card. So mm-hmm. it, it's it's a struggle, but I get what you're saying. I'm dealing with it this afternoon, actually. So. I actually had that with one of my clients. I wanted her to get. Uh, business cards because she would go out she was unemployed she would go to networking mm-hmm. events i said you have to have a business card she was indian mm-hmm. and her first name and her last name were very long mm-hmm. and i said well maybe put your first name on top and your last name underneath and then she said well what do i do for the email address and I said, well, use your initials and then the, uh, you know, mm-hmm. change it, whatever. She goes, well, I have my own website. Well, her website was her entire name.com. So it was her first initial at and then a thousand letters.com. <laughs> and it just didn't, you know, she had to put in a hyphen, but a hyphen is actually a readable uh, uh, character for an email address. Mm-hmm. So it was it, it was impossible. I, I forget yeah. how. Yeah, I mean, and and if they had th- th- thought about it, my the client, the investment firm that I'm talking about right now, mm-hmm. earlier because of the long names, maybe they would have gone with first initial dot and the name or something like that. But uh, this is this is a, a, a problem. We're going to have to redesign the whole card, I think. So, what's the difference between matte and glossy? Well, I'm talking actually, about what, are, matte and glossy paper. Right. There are two. Uh, okay, this is probably more information than you need. There is matte paper. People refer to matte paper as uncoated, but in actuality, matte paper is a coated sheet. So what I would say, if your question is coated and or uncoated. So yeah. Un, uh, yeah. So matte is so. For instance, there is a matte coated sheet, and that's how we in the printing industry um, refer to it. So if you are talking about matte slash uncoated, it's it's, mm-hmm. it's uh, uncoated paper without a, a coating on it. Okay. Now, so, and the yeah. glossy is obviously coated. Right. The reason that I asked the question is that there are times when you want to be able to write something on a business card. Mm-hmm. And if it's glossy on both sides, you can't do it. Right, it's smudges. So, for example, mine, the front is glossy and the back is uncoated mm-hmm. for that very reason. Right. Do right. you feel that that can impact on the person's reaction to the card if it's coated on one side and uncoated on the other? Yeah, I um I I wouldn't recommend coated on one side and coated on the other side because aesthetically it it's not something that I would recommend. It's, you said the same thing. You said coated on one side and 
not quoted. Uncoded on, on the. Oh, so you do, you want both quoted or both uncoded? Exactly. That's what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I just think aesthetically, and maybe because I'm in <laughs> because I'm in the business, um, I know that when it's coded on uh, coded on one side, uncoded on the other, it could be um, it's not very expensive paper. It, it it's. Funny, you're reminding me. I once went to. I always wanted to hear Beethoven's Ninth played by a real symphony. Mm-hmm. So I got tickets and I went, and I'm sitting beside this gentleman. And during the first part, before the intermission, he doesn't say a word. And then, as soon as um, the intermission starts, he starts complaining. And he says. They messed up here. They messed up there. Mm-hmm. What do you think of about it? And I said, I'm not as knowledgeable as you are. It sounded perfectly all right to me. I know. I'm sorry you know? For that I told so you that. Sometimes, I, I, yeah. Go ahead. Good. I, I want to get back to the difference in the papers, though. There mm-hmm. are beautiful uncoated papers. I can show you brochures that will just knock your socks off because the papers, the paper companies have such beautiful papers. And, for instance, we're doing a um, a test right now for one of my clients. They're doing a direct mail postcards. We're sending postcards for the next 12 months every month. And mm-hmm. I have the design. I said, so are we, what type of printing, what type of paper do we want this on? Do we want it on gloss? Do we want it on silk? Do we want it with a texture? And right, I'm receiving this afternoon five different types of uh, papers, printing of five different types of paper. And the substrate means so much. The paper is unbelievable how much it means to the attractiveness of a job or, or and what you want for the job. Now, I'm going to ask you a question that I wasn't planning on asking, but I know you won't have a problem with it because I read your brochure which you were kind enough, or your newsletter, I should say, which you were mm-hmm. kind enough to send me, and which is uh, coded on both sides. Yes. Um, <laughs> we're talking here about paper. It's mm-hmm. 2017. Everything mm-hmm. is digital. Yeah. You're old so. school. Why is old yeah. school good? Forgetting now um, about okay. uh, business cards. Cause right. The business I'll, cards give you, the business cards. I'll give you a great example. L.L. Bean... Um, a few years ago, decided that we're going to stop their public their uh, catalogs, mm-hmm. and um, they did, and they lost two billion dollars. So that's a number. Uh, so what what these uh, pe- what people have found out is that we have this we have to multi-channel. We have to do banner ads. We have to do uh, emails, email blasts, and we have to print. and We have to do it all, Uh, Facebook, all of that social media stuff. Because Nordstrom did a study. When you pull all of them together, Nordstrom's multi-channel prospects and clients bought four times more than just one channel. Interesting. So, yeah. And, you know, people, for instance, my holiday card, who sends holiday cards these days? How is, uh, my holiday card was so noticed. Mm-hmm. So. It's my, I'm oh, a and big I have believer another, in old school. I, yeah. I have another uh, uh, stat here that I think is great. In the direct Please. mail industry, the, the, not, the not-for-profit direct mail industry, they mm-hmm. get uh, between 60 and 80% of their revenue from direct mail. 
Correct. Yeah. So that, that so the print is still very big. I mean, it's going down. We, we took a hit, a major hit, the last ten years, but now it's inching up again because um, because the uh, electronic media is so overpowering, so exhausting that you get a piece of you get the fast company on your desk. You get um, my, the new Victory Theater, a great client of mine, a wonderful brochure that everybody remembers because it's so beautiful. Um, it's um, it's it, it works. Direct mail works. I had a commercial, um, well, really residential property management company as a client. I found staff for them. And I enjoyed mm-hmm. working with them. I enjoyed the industry. So I did an experiment. I f- sent out 50 emails to, you know, just blind to whatever the uh, info ads, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, introducing myself, and I sent 50 postcards uh-huh. to just to the name the of the company. People? And yeah, well, no, different. different. Okay. I did 50 to one, 50 to the other. Interesting question that you ask. I didn't think of doing it that way, but I sent 50 emails, 50 postcards. I got no responses from the emails, uh-huh. and I got a few uh, calls from the postcards. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it would have been better in. to do both. To do the, but then, uh, how would the, I have known what they were responding to if well, I'd oh, ask them? Right, but if you were, you I see. mean, so you did a test. But if you, yeah, if this was a, was a rollout, it, that was a test. But if it was, if it yeah. was a rollout, then you would oh. do both. And okay, yeah, no, we were talking it. about two different things. Yeah, then yeah. you can time it to uh, the email blast will go out when they receive their postcard. Yeah, I think yeah. the technical term for what I did is an A/B test. Do something yeah. one way, yeah. do something the other way, and mm-hmm. see what happens. Right. Talk to us about font, size, and color. And I mean the yeah. font, the size of the font, and the size of the, and the color of the font. Yeah, I, I mean it, it depends on. It really depends on the piece. We're doing an invitation right now. Uh, the design is just huge fonts. That's it. Um, I mean it, it has to be legible. I mean, if it's a white paper, then it just has to be legible. Uh, if it's a fabulous brochure, um, it, it, it's really subjective. I mean, this is what we're going through now with these business cards. It's just it's killing me, actually. We're doing so many tests. Um, but and the business color- card has to be identical to the brochure, which has to be identical to the stationery, which has to be identical to the envelope, which has to be identical to everything else. It's your brand. Yeah, and and if you want your uh, employees um, to live the brand, they have to know about it. They have. I, I we just did a brochure, uh, two brochures. One for uh, it's a financial company for their external brochure. Beautiful, and we did a beautiful internal brochure. I mean, it's an international company, um, so that everybody in the company is it knows. The new the the rebrand and lives it and appreciates it. So you have to you have to do internal and external selling. It's but the, the color, the um, mm-hmm. the the, the um, Pantone color, depending on the substrate. Um, there is years ago I Excuse saw. Me, depending a, on the what? The, the sub the paper what? substrate. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's, okay. that's 
yeah. Um, so there is we there was a, 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 a ink company did it, Flint Ink, and they had a Pantone color, a red color, and they printed twelve different um, on twelve different types of paper, and the colors were totally different. So you can't say, oh, I want to print this red color on this uncoated sheet and then print it on the coated sheet because the colors will look, look totally different. Understood. I, I sometimes get really – I forget who it was. I, I think it was a restaurant, a high-end restaurant, and they had business cards that were silver, and the mm-hmm. color – of the lettering was also silver. Ooh. And you, you had to play with it in the light to be able to see what was written on it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they had just been printed out, and I said to the, the owner, uh, asked me what I was doing, and I said, well, I can't read anything. You can't see anything. And he looks at it, and he goes, I don't believe this. And he goes, you know how much this cost? And it looked good under the proper lighting. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're at your desk and you've got the lamp right over, but mm-hmm. when you're standing at the cash register, you can't see anything. Right, right. Well, that's why we do proofs. That's what I say all the time. That's why we proof, because we would never do a rollout without doing a, a proof. And, well, that, um, when you say a proof, you don't mean proofreading. You mean testing. Testing, yeah. Yeah. Now, last question. Forget about the quality of the paper. Forget about um, the font size, the color, and all, all the rest of it. At the end of the day, isn't the most important thing the content and how well you it's ho- written? Yeah, you would hope so, but you also want people to read it. So, uh, I mean, if it's a scientific paper, I mean, mm-hmm. or a white paper, or something like that, the content is most important. If it's a catalog, then the images are the most important. Um, You know, it depends who your audience is. Um, Certainly the content has to be, you know, what you mean to say. I mean, that's why it takes so long to get these brochures printed, (laughs) because nobody can can understand them. Then then we have to go to work and get people to read it. So, I mean, content, of course, is so important. And I deal with a lot of financial and insurance companies. And when the lawyers get to it, yeah. Uh, I'm looking at your your newsletter. Now, Mm -hmm. you have here graphics under IPG wins Graphic Design USA Awards. You Mm -hmm. have down... Um, examples of your you have photographs mm-hmm. of examples of your work, which mm-hmm. goes to which is obvious. This is what we got an award for. Congratulations, by the way. And you. here you can see it. Then, when you're talking about two sides of the paper, you have a graphic of a tree at the bottom and somebody reading. Um, it almost mm-hmm. looks like the Kindle logo. Um, uh, somebody uh, reading a book, and you're talking here about myths of paper um, mm-hmm. as opposed to digital, which is mm-hmm. why I came up with the question I asked earlier. And then with the under art and science uh, 
which is our topic right now, you have a graphic of someone with their brain all lit up. Mm-hmm. My mm-hmm. point is is that this is a good example of how the graphic has to match the content. So you don't really use design. You use images. Well, There's a depends, little bit of a design right. on the page. You have dots, but mm-hmm. that aside... What is prevalent are the graphics of people or things that speak to uh, the content. So you have yeah. to match them. Right, right. Yeah, they, yeah, they, they have to mean something. Understood. Yeah. Before I let you go, I want to thank mm-hmm. you and tell us how our listeners can get in touch if they have any questions. Okay. Right. And well, one, and one thing, one thing I want to end with is when you drink Please. a glass of wine out of a plastic cup, it mm-hmm. doesn't taste as good as when you drink it out of crystal. And that is the, you know, so when you get a beautiful brochure, you read mm-hmm. it more. You know, you enjoy it more. Anyway, to get in touch with me, my email is Marilyn M A R A L Y N at i p g n y c dot net. My phone number is 212-226-9777. And if anybody would like a sample packet of the work that we do or my newsletter, please contact me. And I highly recommend it because I will tell you, your newsletter is interesting. And this is coming from a guy who usually throws these things away uh, without even thinking about it because they're usually just so poorly written, but yours has a lot of interesting stuff in it, and I look forward to getting the next one. Thank Oh, no, no, no. This is a lot of work. No. Anyway, but oh, okay. I, you know, Don't forget I, I about it. Start, I will start doing it, it right away. It was boring. I was just being polite. Don't ever do it again. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Bruce. Always a pleasure. My pleasure. And this is Bruce Hurwitz. Thank you for listening, and have a safe and prosperous week. <laughs>